6: The latest on the January 6th cases and the Trump trials with Julie Kelly, we have an update on culture wars, what fuels the communist, parenting, all that and so much more coming up on I'm Right. Let's have a talk real quick. We're gonna to get to Abby Johnson, pro-life advocate Abby Johnson in a couple minutes. I just wanted to have a talk, just you and me. I am guilty of something. You are guilty of something. And I don't want you to feel bad about yourself. I don't feel bad about myself. I just want us to be aware of this something so we can fight against it. What is that something? We talk about and we think about what someone else tells us to talk about and think about when it comes to the issues of the day. And oftentimes, whatever that thing is, isn't even close to being one of the most important issues of the day. You you want a couple examples? This is just from today. And I'm actually, I'm not insulting anyone. I'm not insulting any of these publications. Many of them I like. But these these are the headlines. You want to know what it is? Liz Cheney. New Speaker Mike Johnson is dangerous because of January 6th support. There's another one. Representative Ken Buck won't run for re-election, criticizing the GOP's election denialism. House Republicans will help kill effort to censure Rashida Tlaib. Embattled New York Representative George Santos wins House vote to avoid expulsion. Nancy Pelosi announces on the House floor she was served with a subpoena reportedly related to a case in which her husband was assaulted by a hammer-wielding home invader. Hawley sparks McConnell battle over push to gut Citizens United ruling. Now, I'm actually not going to sit here and tell you that those issues are unimportant. I'm I'm really not. Obviously, the Speaker of the House and what's going on in the House and Washington, D.C. and all these things, they they matter. Who's running for president. Things like this matter. They do. But there are so many gigantic battles, not only that we should be fighting, battles we can be winning, but because they go right by us, and we never talk about them. We focus on these huge things that, frankly, you, me, can't do much about. Can you do much about Mitch McConnell and Josh Hawley's little peeing match in the Senate? Can you do anything about Nancy Pelosi and Paul Hammerpants? Can you, can you do anything about any of these things? No, not, not really much. But if you live in Ohio, my goodness, do you have a much more important battle on your hands? How many people watching right now, and I, I, you heard me lament this earlier about the Texas election. I think it was last night's show where I was talking about how I voted in the Texas election. We have important elections going on right now and nobody's voting. If you live in Ohio, I mean, how many people watching me right now? They have a, a Trump bumper sticker or a DeSantis bumper sticker, and they talk about Republicans. Yes, I love this country. Go America. How many of them are going to go out and be actually pro-lifers the ballot box. Because that battle's happening, and it's happening right now, and the forces of evil intend to win it. Forces of evil, like this pastor. As a pastor, I've counseled families on the most important personal decisions, even abortion. Abortion is a private family decision. Government needs to stay out, of family decision-making that's what issue one is all about it gives families the freedom to make their own decisions without judgment and without the government getting involved vote yes yeah you know judgment day is going to be harder for some than others just put it out there joining me now abby johnson former planned parenthood director and now maybe the premier pro-life advocate in the country. I love Abby Johnson. Abby, okay, Abby, first of all, let's set aside that demon masquerading as a pastor for a moment. What's happening in Ohio? Why should people get involved?
7: Yeah, so what's happening in Ohio is really important because I believe that this is going to set the stage for the rest of the country. Um, What's happening in Ohio will eventually spread all across America. So right now, This is not just, um, you know, a bill that's going to be passed. This is not just some like some statutory language that's going to go in a bill. This is a constitutional amendment that Ohio is voting on. So people need to understand that. This is, if this goes through, this changes their state constitution, okay? So that means it cannot just be undone uh, by the legislature later. This is a very serious vote. Um, so people need to be aware of that. Um, this is the most serious Change you can make uh, to your state is changing the state constitution. So basically, what this does is it makes abortion a constitutional right in the state of Ohio. And there's a few things to note um, in the language. It's, incre- it's incredibly vague, okay? Of Which course. That's if. exactly why. Um, That's exactly how I know that somebody from the pro-abortion movement wrote this bill, because this is how we wrote bills. So when I was at Planned Parenthood, you know, you intentionally write them vague so that there's no timeline, right? Because they wanna be able to commit abortions through all nine months of pregnancy. And you'll see that when you look at the amendment, there's no gestational minimum or maximum, okay? The other thing that you'll notice, if you look at the amendment, and one place that people should go where you can actually see what is written in the bill, the, the amendment, you can see the text, you can go to seethelanguage.com, seethelanguage.com, and you can see everything is written up there, uh, you can see what all of this means. The first thing I noticed, though, Jesse, when I looked at the amendment, was that The language is genderless. Okay, this is a bill particularly about abortion, but it is genderless. There is no pronouns. There's no she, her, or him pronouns. Um, There is no mention about women, even though it is women. Get pregnant is women who have abortions. Um, it is there is no mention of gender why because this is also an amendment to open up gender transition surgery without parental consent, taxpayer funded. People need to understand why. This bill is so vague. Why it's so ambiguous? Because it sets the state up to transition children, for children to have abortions, all without their parents' knowledge, all with the citizens of Ohio paying for these
6: surgeries. freaking grief. Abby, okay, Ohio is a red state now. It's not even a purple state anymore. It's a red state now. How is this even... An option. What happened?
7: Well, you know, uh, the pro abortion movement has a lot of money and they are not scared to lie. Okay. So, one of the things that happened, I have a, I have a, a staff member that lives in Ohio. She sends me this commercial. Okay. Of this couple who, uh, you know, they put out this. Uh, this commercial, this pro-abortion group puts out this commercial with this couple. Their baby had um, a, f- a fetal abnormality. And the commercial states that this couple was unable to terminate her pregnancy in the state of Ohio. So uh, she had to go across state lines to get an abortion. Now, when I first saw the commercial, I was like, that's a lie. Because currently in the state of Ohio, there is exemptions for women who are in a life threatening condition, which she said that her life was on the line. So if her life was on the line, then she would have been able to have an abortion in the state of Ohio. So either she's lying or her life wasn't on the line. Okay. Um, the second thing she said was that it was so expensive that she had to pay all this money and that Planned Parenthood had to help her fund her abortion. Well, what we found out was that this woman was a state employee. She's a state employee. So that means she was on the state insurance. And the state insurance will pay for an abortion. So there was no reason that her abortion wouldn't have been covered. So this whole commercial is a complete lie, but they are turning this woman's tragedy into propaganda to lie to people, to manipulate them, and to basically coerce them into voting for something that they actually don't want, but they're just manipulating them for a vote.
6: Abby, I'm going to ask you a question. It may be vague, I don't know, but you know so much more about this than than, than most people do. You said the abortion industry has a lot of money. Mm
8: -hmm.
6: Why? Where does that come from? Who loves abortion to the point that they stroke gigantic checks to make sure the abortion industry is funded as well as it does? Where does this money come from?
7: Well, I mean, the largest donor to the abortion industry is the American taxpayer. Um, So we are all unwillingly uh, giving up, you know, our, our money uh, to to the abortion industry. They uh, received, you know, over half a billion dollars last year of our our tax money. Um, but aside from from us, the you know single private donor to Planned Parenthood is Warren Buffett, and he gives somewhere close to forty million dollars a year to help low-income women, so see minority women, uh, primarily all minority women, uh, have abortions. So he is a population control guy. So this is, I mean, this is just eugenics on the table for everybody to see. Um, He's essentially saying, I want to help eradicate the the minority community i want to eradicate the impoverished community i want to you know zap them out of existence because we don't have a need for them they're not useful to us they're draining our economy they're draining our society oh. and they're not valuable to us and so it's better to kill them and he is putting his money where his mouth is by funding the abortion industry and funding these women to kill their children
6: Jeez. Okay, you you said the largest funder is the American taxpayer. I bet that was quite a kick in the face to a lot of people, myself included. Don't get me wrong; I knew we did it, but the largest—how are we funding it?
7: Uh, I mean, it's it's federal dollars uh, through your through your paycheck, through the taxes you pay every year, the taxes that are withheld. Um, Every time you get your paycheck and that money is taken out, uh, part of that is going to Planned Parenthood. And, uh, you know, I would like to tell you that when we have a Republican president, that decreases, um, but that's not true. Um, Every year, the amount increases, it increases, it increased through Trump. Um, No matter who the president is, you know, Trump gave more through his four years than Obama did. Um, and you know, does the president have the power to pull some of this funding? Yeah, he absolutely does. Do they ever pull it? No, they don't.
6: Jeez. Okay, all right. Forget about the scumbag politicians in both parties. The American people are we are we starting to win back? On this issue. I understand that we are behind the eight ball. We have Roe versus Wade, 50 years of women being told just kill them all and let God sort them out. So I know we're behind. But are we are we gaining ground at least?
7: I think so. Um, but I think we've got to really, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, we are behind. I think strategically we're behind. But I think there are, you know, many of us who are. Trying to gain some of that ground back. Um, But look, I mean, they have beaten us when it comes to this narrative. They have convinced women, they've convinced young women that being single, that not being a mom is the cool thing to do, that that is the attractive thing, that's the sexy thing. Um, We should be hands down winning this fight. We should be hands down winning this argument. There are almost four times as many pregnancy centers as there are abortion clinics. You know, in any other uh industry and in any other enterprise if if your competition had four times uh as many open centers uh they would be winning right they'd be putting you out of business but we're not doing that because we haven't just to be honest we have not sold our product well what is their product their product is, is abortion their product is death what is our product our product is life our product is significantly better than their product but we haven't done a good job of selling it and you know we haven't done a good job of convincing people that choosing life is ultimately going to be the best decision for you and choosing death is going to haunt you for the rest of your life and so we've got to get you know, in front of that eight ball. We've got to get in front of it. We've got to start changing that narrative. And I think there are groups like mine and others that are, you know, we are partnering together and doing everything we can to to start changing that.
6: Abby, come back soon. Thank you. Anytime. All right. That's evil, right? Speaking of evil, let's talk about the American communists. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but she's right. Now, before we get to that, let's do this. It doesn't exactly take a genius to figure out where we're going financially. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you believe, what I believe. Your belief system on debt and spending and things like that, my belief system, it really doesn't matter. I know that's a cold-hearted way to say it, but it doesn't. The math doesn't lie. Look at it. Once we can't cover the interest on the debt anymore, Game over. And we're heading there quick. What do you do? I mean, that sounds pretty ominous, right? What do you do? Well, you better get some gold or silver in your hands. You better get something in your hands that is separate from our monetary system, value that lasts. Let Oxford Gold handle this for you. Not gold bars and dumb things like that, coins you can use if the beep hits the fan, mailed to your front door. They'll get it in your retirement account, too, when all that comes crashing down. Go to jessikellygold.com. It's your one-stop shop for all this. They're laid back. They make it easy. jessiekellygold.com. That's where I go. It's where I send my family. I don't go anywhere else. All right? Let Oxford handle it for you. We'll be back.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: How do we stop the communists? What do we do about that? How do we stop the communists? Well, there's an old saying in war, famous Marine said it, credit to him, Semper Fi brothers, but there's a famous saying in war that amateurs study tactics Professionals study logistics. Kind of a weird saying. What? What's he even talking about? What's, what's, what's he mean? Well, obviously, in war, we all like to focus on the sexy things. Right? Back in the day, that would be swords and spears and things like that. Battle tactics. I'm going to move around his right flank. Today, it's bombs and bullets. What if we do a combined arms? All It's very easy to focus on those things. But the truth is, Which army has the most supplies? Who has the most food? Who has the most fuel and the means to resupply themselves with food and fuel? Let's talk about communism here in America. What's their fuel? What if we could cut their fuel off? Would we do that? Should we do that? Well, there are two things that power the communists here in America and not here in America, everywhere. This is this has been the case everywhere communism has taken hold. But the communist thrives on two things. Lies, his lies, the lies he tells, and your apathy. The apathy of Normie, Norm, of Normie Norma. Now, those two things obviously work hand in hand, but he lies. Why does he lie? Well, the communist, he's not naive. He's many things, but naive he is not. He understands that He looks at you, and what does he want? Well, he wants to destroy everything you love. He knows that, and he knows that you don't want that. He looks at you, and what does he want? He wants to censor your speech. No more free speech for you. In fact, you'll be arrested. Go ahead and question that vaccine. we will send you to a concentration camp. He wants to take away your Second Amendment, your ability to defend yourself, so he can hurt you whenever he wants. He wants to take your children away from you, chop their penises off, tell them they're gay. He wants your church destroyed. He wants your taxes high. He wants your border open. He wants your country flooded with illegal immigrants. He wants to destroy your food supply and, in fact, your economy as a whole. He knows he wants those things. He also knows that's not exactly an appealing campaign message. Nobody's going to get up there and say, I intend to take away everything you love. So what does he do? He lies. He lies without end. Lies are as common to the communist as breathing, or as natural to him as breathing, and is very honest about his lying. It's kind of an odd way to put it, but it's fascinating when you watch it throughout history. It really, really is. You can find it if you're looking at older communism you can find it in letters and memos they write to each other hey we can't let them know what we're doing hey keep this part quiet hey we're gonna have to change the name of this organization because they're catching on they always know they have to be subversive they have to be dishonest today i could show you how many videos of teachers school administrators fda officials how many communists could i bring you a video of that we've already brought you of saying things like well we can't let the parents know what we're doing Well, we kind of have to keep that hidden. Well, we can't let people know. He knows. He knows what he wants is horrible. He knows you don't want it. So he lies. When you have a bad economy and you're president of the United States, if that was you, you know what would happen? If you were president of the United States and the economy was going bad, people can't afford eggs, they can't afford rent, they can't afford fuel, no one can get a mortgage. You would be sitting around and you would be stressed about it. It would bother you. People were hurting. You would want solutions to fix it. Okay, guys, hey, this is bad. How do we, what do we do? It's $6 for a pound of burger. What do we do? You would be sitting around, hey, assemble the team. How do we fix it? The communist doesn't, doesn't think like that. But the communist is lies.
8: Folks, Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. 40 years ago, trickle-down economics limited the dream to those at the top. But I believe every American willing to work hard should be able to get a job, no matter where they live, in the heartland, in small towns, to raise their kids on a good paycheck and keep their roots where they grew up.
6: He doesn't believe that at all. Every single part of their agenda is designed to destroy that job. And yeah, he sounds like bread and butter American there, Have you noticed a real pro-nuclear family message from the Democrats today? He doesn't believe that either. But he can't get up there as president and campaign on that. So he lies. And that brings us to apathy. Let me ask you something. How many of your Republican friends, I'm not talking about your Democrat friends, forget about them, they're hopeless. Your Republican friends, relatives, your brother, maybe husband, wife, mother, someone you work with, Republican friends, how many of them are aware that the President of the United States of America is very likely compromised by the Chinese Communist Party?
11: $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. first. Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West Three, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then, Hudson West Three sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lionhall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden, Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said
6: loan repayment. Now, that, credit to James Comer, that was 20 seconds? 30 seconds, does your normie neighbor, does he watch that? Is he watching I'm Right Right Now? Have you showed that to him? Has he fully digested what it means that the president of the United States of America very likely cannot possibly make critical national security issues decisions for this country because the Communist Party of China probably has incriminating information on him and they can veto any one of those decisions. Has your normy neighbor, Norm, accepted that? Has he ever even heard it? Does he look at you like you have tinfoil on your head when you bring it up? Again, the apathy out there. And it's important to understand the communist is not apathetic. The communist is laser-focused, as he always is, on his true enemy. You. The communist never, ever, ever gets distracted. The right gets distracted all the time. We love doing this. We'll focus on them for a while, but then, you know, oh, wait, Hamas! And oh, hold on, Ukraine! Uh, wait, what's going on in Iran? And, and while we're doing all those things, the communist, he's still legs are focused on us. Headline, MAGA and Christian Nationalism, Bigger Threat to America than Hamas could ever be. Remember something, the communist is coming. He's focused, he's not gonna back off. He's going to keep lying about his plans and the right is going to keep being apathetic until we wake them up and we had better wake them up because this is dead serious. Now, what kind of things can the communists do to us, though? Is this just a bunch of hyperbole, over the top stuff? Okay. Let's talk to Julie Kelly about it. Let's get a little preview of what the communists can and will do, shall we? We'll do that in a moment. Before we get to that, let's do this. Let's talk about something wonderful saving dogs. And I'm not even one of these animal rights freak guys. I'm really not. But is there anything sadder than a dog? that gets abandoned. You can't imagine how often this happens. People will leave them behind in apartments when they're done renting them. They'll drop them at the side of the road and just drive away. Who could do that to a dog? The most loyal, loving creature in the world. If you did that to my dog, I think he'd just lay down and die right there. Delta Rescue, they take those dogs in. It's the world's largest, no-kill, care-for-life animal shelter. Did you know that? That dog... When he gets to Delta Rescue, he'll have a wonderful life the rest of his life. Delta Rescue does that with your help and with only your help. It's the only way they do it. You want to help them? Go to deltarescue.org. deltarescue.org. We'll be back.
4: You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: You want a preview of what things are going to look like for all of us in the future? Well, we've had it. We've had it for over two years now as we've been screaming from the rooftops. I know nobody gives a crap, well, not enough people give a crap, about the January 6th political prisoners. And maybe you're still sitting there right now. Wow, they were evil criminals. They breached the Capitol. Screw them all. Okay, that's fine. You know what? That's fine. Have that opinion. That's fine. But you understand they're coming for you too, right? They're coming for you next. Have you ever heard of Thomas Robertson? Former Army Ranger? Wait till you find out what's happening to him and how it's tied to Trump. And joining me now to tell me about all that, tell all of us about all that, is the great Julie Kelly. She's written the books you need to be reading. You should be reading her uh, Substack, which is declassified, it's outstanding. Julie, who is this army ranger? What's happening to him? And what's this have to do with Trump?
12: So Thomas Robertson, as you pointed out, a me Armor Ranger, also at the time of January 6th, a uh, Virginia, I believe, sheriff's deputy. Of course, he, like so many others, fired from his job after he was arrested on numerous counts related to his activity at the Capitol on January 6th. He was not charged with a violent crime. He wasn't charged with assaulting police officers or bringing a firearm into the Capitol. He went inside for roughly 20 minutes and left. Since then, his life has been destroyed. He was found guilty, of course, quickly. He was the second defendant to go to trial in April of 2022, quickly convicted by a DC jury on all counts, including, Jesse, obstruction of an official proceeding, 1512 C2, which is a post Enron law that the DOJ has now weaponized against more than 300 defendants like Mr. Robert, Robertson and is one of the four counts in special counsel Jack Smith's indictment for the events of January 6 on Donald Trump now what's interesting is we've had two what they call split decisions by the dc circuit the appellate court on the applicability of 1512 c2 in these cases this is headed probably very likely to the supreme court which is i write about uh, my new piece in real clear investigations and that's how mr robinson's he's part of, of a separate appeal but that's how his case and these appellate cases could Uh, have some consequence or ramifications for Jack Smith's uh, four-count indictment against Donald Trump on this very same charge.
6: Okay, now uh, connect the dots for us. Does that mean Trump is more screwed than we already thought or less screwed? (laughs) Sorry for my non-legal terms, but I'm an idiot, Julie.
12: (laughs) No, you speak my language. Um, Actually, it would mean he would be less screwed if the Supreme Court okay. agrees to take up these split appellate court rulings, look, this 1512 C2 was never intended to criminalize political dissent. It had to do with evidence tampering after, as you recall, the Enron scandal, the shredding of documents by Arthur Anderson. This closed that loophole, but this DOJ has weaponized it now, turning political activity into a crime, a felony punishable by up to 20 years in prison. Mr. Robertson, was sentenced to 87 months in jail. He's still languishing as his court, as his uh, appeal now probably will end up at the Supreme Court as well.
6: Okay, Julie, I, I'm going to sidetrack before we get to Florida because you just brought up a question that I find to be interesting, this appeal process, and I realize this is very complicated, and honestly, I may be asking you something nobody can friggin' answer. Donald Trump gets convicted in one or all of these jurisdictions. Obviously, you have to be a friggin' moron to not know that that's coming. He's obviously going to appeal by the grace of God. What kind of time frame are we looking at? How does that work? Does he still go to prison? Does he not go to prison? Does he get his appeal the next day? Is it two years from now after he's been rotting in Leavenworth? How does this work?
12: You know, it's such a good question, and it's an important question, especially related to Jack Smith's indictment in Washington, D.C. That trial date, Jesse, has been set for March 4th. Now, I was in Judge Cannon's courtroom yesterday on the classified documents case, and this was a big argument that was debated on both sides. Jack Smith claims the D.C. trial will take four to six weeks. Now, think about that, Jesse. That includes jury selection. If we were dealing in a fair jurisdiction, jury selection for a trial like this in a one, nearly 100% Democrat city would go on for possibly weeks. So he's estimating four to six weeks. Donald Trump's lawyer said in court yesterday they're anticipating more than two months. This would bump up the end of the DC trial to the May 20th trial date for the classified documents case. But to your point, let's say he is convicted in Washington D.C. at the beginning of May, middle of May, he's convicted on all charges. Usually, sentencing happens two to three months after that, so that would take us into midsummer, late summer. Usually, a defendant cannot appeal a conviction or a sentencing until he is sentenced. So I'm not sure what other mechanisms the Trump team would have to file a quick, you know, probably an emergency stay to to the sentencing as this makes its way to the Supreme Court under a number of protections not the least of which is executive privilege and presidential immunity so this is going to get really messy really quick Uh, and so yes is there a possibility he could be sentenced and remanded into custody uh, sometime in the summer based on a DC conviction yes it is um, so that is what, you know, is next on the horizon. And where that goes after sentencing, uh, I, I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure Donald Trump's team is working on it as we speak.
6: Okay. Uh, sorry to belabor the point, because I want to get to the Judge Cannon thing, but I just I have a follow-up with all that stuff. Uh, give me an out here, Julie. Is there any indication once he's convicted in D.C., which everyone knows is coming, and once they try mm-hmm. to throw the book at him sentencing-wise... Is there any indication from how they've treated the January 6th prisoners that they will allow him to stay out of prison while he goes through all this? Because all those people were just the appetizer, and Trump's the main course. Everyone knows that.
12: Right. So you do have judges who, even on sentencing, and sometimes DOJ will ask them to be taken immediately into custody. We saw this with the pro-life activists. This happened a few months ago. Um, Now, sometimes a judge will say, and this would be Judge Chutkin in this case, say, "Okay, well, we're going to set his sentencing. He has to present himself to jail, surrender, say, October 1st. Uh, which don't put anything past DOJ or Judge Chutkin, as you know. So in that time period, of course, he will be uh, appealing, looking for an emergency stay, meaning hold his sentencing, hold when he has to turn himself in to custody, turn himself into jail. Um, And look, Judge Chutkin is going to have a tough time because, as you know, Jesse, he has secret service protection. Where are they going to incarcerate Donald Trump and accommodate his Secret Service agents at the same time. So that will complicate things. So it very well could be that she delays actually when he has to turn himself in. Uh, These are really just open-ended questions and really rely on the appeals for all of these. Now he's got several motions pending in the DC case right now, seeking, as I said, presidential immunity, that this is a selective prosecution, that this violates his constitutional rights. There are several motions pending in Chetkin's courtroom to dismiss these charges in this case. Of course, she's not going to, but her decisions related to those motions will help expedite again any movement to the appellate court. I know this is confusing. I hope that I'm dumbing it down. I'm not an no. attorney either. So um, <laughs> you know, hopefully this makes a little bit of sense to you and to the audience.
6: N- no, no, it's wonderful. It makes total sense and we thank you for it. It, it makes sense. These are, these are things we don't know, right? You're there, we're not. Okay, speaking of there, the, the Florida case, you're there, what's happening?
12: So, as I said, I was in the courtroom yesterday, Judge Aileen Cannon, who is a Trump-appointed judge, and she has DOJ's number. I'll tell you, Jesse, it's very refreshing being in her courtroom versus all of the D.C. judges who I've seen in action over the past two years. Uh, she does not act as a rubber stamp for this Department of Justice, and she was really holding Jay Bratt who is the lead in the classified documents case, lead attorney for Jack Smith. She's really holding his feet to the fire and pressing on how they can be, how they can bring two criminal indictments, unprecedented criminal indictments against the same defendant in less than three months time, then turn around and ask both judges to expedite a trial schedule. She asked Jay Brett directly, Mr. Bratt, tell me in DOJ's history of a similar instance where your department has brought criminal indictments against the same defendant in a matter of a few months and seeking expedited trial, where the trial dates are basically bumping up against each other. I know you'll be shocked to hear this, Jesse. He did not have an answer for that.
6: What a, sh- what a shock, what a shock. <laughs> Julie, I know you're busy. I need you for 20 more minutes, but I know you're busy. I love you, come back soon.
12: Anytime, Anytime Jesse, thanks.
6: All right, we're not done. Don't worry. We're not done. Kind of wakes you up to the evils of our legal system, doesn't it? Wakes you up to the fact, you know, that you also need an attorney, right? I need an attorney. You need an attorney. You need normal people. We have to start acting as if we live in a country that is hostile to us because we do. You have to have an attorney. Uh, You carry a weapon. Lots of people do. I do. I don't have that insurance that will well, pay for your attorney if there's a shooting. I have an attorney, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on retainer. That's what Attorneys for Freedom is all about. You have an attorney, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not an an insurance scam that can drop you. You make a phone call first. Here's what you do. Go to attorneysonretainer.us, sign up. Promo code JESSE. gets you 50 bucks off your sign-up, so make sure you use that. Save yourself a little more money. Attorneysonretainer.us. Promo code JESSE. Don't get caught without an attorney. We'll be back.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: There's a lot of bad news out there. We cover it. Always will. You gotta gotta know what's going on in the world. You want something good? You feel good about something? This little story we wanted to share with you here on the show. I'm going to read it for you. Check this out. This is from Suffolk County, by the way. Suffolk County recently two officers risked their lives to, to rescue a mother and daughter first precinct officers anthony ciara matero and tyler morano responded to a call of a 14 year old female who was attempting to jump from an overpass on october 2nd at 518 a.m. the officers arrived and located the girl as well as the girl's mother who was also on the overpass attempting to prevent her daughter from jumping After assessing the situation, Officer Sierra Matero walked out on the edge of the overpass and slowly made his way to the teen and her mom while Officer Moreno reassured the pair that everything was going to be okay. Once Officer Sierra Matero reached them, he changed positions with the 14-year-old's mother, placing his body behind the girl and pinning her chest against a fence that ran along the overpass. After the girl was secured in place, Officer Morano walked along the outside of the overpass and assisted the mother until they had safely reached the side. Officer Sierra Matero carefully guided the daughter along the narrow ledge while holding onto the fence of either side of the girl to keep her secure until both of them made it safely off the overpass. Both officers are recognized for risking their lives in order to save the lives of both mother and daughter. There are a lot of heroes out there. That is, that's awesome, man. That 14-year-old girl, keep her in your prayers. Keep those officers in your prayers, and thank God for them, huh? All right. Now, that was light enough. We still have a light in the mood to come before we do that. Let's do this. We love our dogs. I love mine. You love yours. When I get done tonight, when I take this earpiece out of my ear and I run home, when I walk in the door, the family's going to be there to greet me, and there's going to be that big fluffy idiot Fred barging through everybody, dying for just a minute of my affection when I get home. And isn't that nice? Isn't that the best? Don't you want that to last forever? I give Fred rough greens because I want that moment to last years longer than dogs normally last. Our dogs die too early because they don't get nutrition. There's no nutrition in dog food. Rough greens is all the nutrition your dog needs. Pour it on your dog's food. Omega oils, vitamins, minerals, probiotics. You you don't have to take my word for it. You'll see a difference in your dog. His coat and his breath. It fixed my dog's digestive problems. It's just incredible. Free bags. Free Jumpstart trial bags. Call them. 833-33-MY-DOG or go to roughgreens.com slash jesse, all right? We'll be back.
10: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
4: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Parenting matters. As we get into Light in the Mood, parenting matters. And I'll tell you, I personally enjoy Halloween. I enjoyed it my whole life, well, my whole adult life after we had kids, not really for the costumes and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. I enjoyed Halloween because I always looked at it. We always looked at it, my wife and I, as an opportunity to teach our sons manners. Please. Thank you. Manners. Basic, basic manners. And there is a video going around. I'm not going to play it for you because it's horrible of this family, a couple mothers and their kids running up to this gigantic bowl of candy that someone left out and not taking one or two, shoveling the whole bowl into their bags like a bunch of little animals. And everyone looked at the video and they were horrified. But I actually I looked at it and I thought it was so sad. And you know why I thought it was so sad? Because those children are going to turn out to be pieces of crap. They will because of their parents. They've been raised to be pieces of crap, and they'll be pieces of crap their whole lives. And the difference between that video and this one, you know what the difference is? Parenting.
9: Oh, no. Aw, that was really nice, Jackson. Okay,
0: We're
9: next Here
6: we go. Danielle's like, nah, I want that one. That kid won't be a piece of crap. That kid's gonna be just fine. Parent with a purpose, alright? Alright, we'll do it again.